Hi there, this is Nicolette Richet, your host of the Eat Real to Heal podcast. If you or someone you know has been diagnosed with a chronic degenerative disease and you've tried everything, every diet, therapy, medication, surgery, treatment, and you still can't get results, then this is the podcast for you. My guests, the research that we present, and my personal stories of helping hundreds of clients cancel surgeries, get off prescription medications, and even reverse their debilitating illnesses will inspire you to reclaim your health and to take back your life. Everything you learned in this podcast is about using organic, plant-strong, whole foods as medicine to reverse hundreds of so-called incurable chronic degenerative diseases. This podcast is a mix of real healing hero stories and in-depth conversations with leading scientists and doctors in the nutritional medicine realm. Sit back, get comfortable, and enjoy. Hi everyone, I'm Nicolette Richet, CEO and founder of The Green Mustache, and today we are here with Sarah Meyer. And I met Sarah down at the PCRM conference in Washington, D.C., where it was an incredible conference all about nutritional medicine, and there were a thousand physicians there, and it was incredible to have all of these um, individuals that were delivering incredible science, current science, science from the past hundred years, all about how food is medicine and how we really need to be looking at our lifestyle and the diets that we incorporate into really our Western lifestyle um, so that we can tackle the chronic disease epidemic. And so Sarah, it is such a pleasure to have you here with us today. Welcome. Thank you. I am so honored to be here and speak with you. And I, I so admire and love Green Mustache. So thank you for having me. Oh, that is incredible. We're going to have to get you up here to BC and I'm going to have to treat you to lunch for sure. Um, so Sarah, tell us a little bit about what you do. Um, at the, I have worked for the past 14 or 15 years for a company that is implementing contracts of USAID, the Agency for International Development. So we work on economic development um, projects around the world. And uh, just this afternoon, I will be flying to Tunisia. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. So this is going to be a um, quick and snazzy uh, podcast because <laughs> you do have to go catch a plane. So one of the reasons why I want to bring Sarah on to um, this podcast is because at that PCRM conference, Sarah stood up and talked about her um, relationship to um, being diagnosed with MS and what she did to be able to support her body and support her system. So before we dive into that, um, Sarah, um, I was really motivated by what you had said at that PCRM conference. I was um, really excited. I wish we had more days so that I could, and, you know, I'm pretty sure we could have spent the whole day talking. Um, and I really want the audience to know what that was like for you um, prior to being diagnosed with MS, because I know that it's never a simple diagnosis. Um, and I know for a lot of my clients, they get misdiagnosed. Um, they never end up getting diagnosed until it's really too late. They get diagnosed with other things first, or get, they actually get told, I've had clients who've been told that they have MS and later find out that they didn't have MS. Um, and so what was that like for you and what was life like for you um, prior to being diagnosed and, and if you can walk us through that? Sure. Well, I live in the Washington, D.C. area um, and I was, I think, about 30 years old and I had just come home from a vacation and I was having these weird sensations with um, in my my skin felt like it was sunburned um, and uh, and I was having trouble walking, which seems kind of 
like worrisome, but at the time I was like, this is weird. What could this be? Mm -hmm. Um, it didn't occur to me that it could be MS because I have no family history of MS. Um, but anyway, I went to this doctor and I was pretty quickly, um, put into the funnel of you probably have MS. I went to a sports diagnostician because I'm a big runner. Um, and the doctor said, you know, you should walk like across the street to the emergency room. And I thought, emergency room, what? And he said, well, you have partial paralysis because I had numbness on my legs. Um, and he said, and I had this thing called, um, eh, I'm forgetting what it's called, but basically it's a standard symptom of MS um, where you, if a doctor hits you on, on the heel of your foot and your foot continues to bounce, got the name of it. But anyway, it's a classic symptom of MS. But I went over to the emergency room. They checked me in, um, checked me out. And they said, well, you might have MS. And anyway, it was for me, it was so I was clueless because I had no family history. I had no idea. Like, what? What is this? I for, for a long time, I call it multiple sclerosis. I know I call it muscular sclerosis because I had I didn't even know anyone who had it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it was just sort of like it was just sort of um, blissful ignorance. I just, I couldn't imagine myself as having a disease. So I just kind of did what the doctors told me. So I love that you said it was blissful ignorance because you definitely have this incredible optimism around you, which also comes through on your website, which is called Blessed with MS. So before we dive into, you know, how you created that and why you created it. um, So let's go back to when you were diagnosed. So when you were diagnosed, what did the doctors do and what did they tell you? And, you know, what was the prognosis basically? Well, so doctors just said you have symptoms. And actually, because I live in the DC area, I was put into this um, year-long study at the National Institutes of Health to study probable MS MS cases. So I had had an appointment with the NIH uh, doctors in the study, and I did an MRI once a month for a year. And and it basically, every... every, every month my MRIs would have more and more lesions on my brain and my spine. Mm -hmm. And I literally, I felt pretty darn good because, you know, with MS, you have these um, episodes or uh, they're like, they're just like, you know, where you have a flare up and then it goes into remission Mm -hmm. and early in remitting, uh, relapsing and remitting MS, it it comes and goes. And when it's gone, it's totally gone. Mm -hmm. So when my MRIs would show all these lesions, I'd be like, that's so interesting. But it never occurred to me that it could go south. So I just, you know, for a year, I just kind of did my thing and didn't change. Well, actually for 10 years, even after diagnosis at the end of this year, officially after the year study, I was diagnosed with MS. And um, after that year, I just did what they said, which is choose between or among these different drugs. I chose, I started taking them, but I changed nothing in my, in my lifestyle. So when you were diagnosed, can you tell me, did you dive into some research or did you just accept the diagnosis and go, okay, well, I have MS, the doctors are the experts. So let's just do what they tell me to do. Was it like that or? Yeah, it was totally trusting the doctors. I had no role in this. I saw no role for myself in this. And I didn't dive into the research because what I, what I heard from them was it's incurable. These drugs, I'm so lucky to have these drugs um, at my disposal. MS is a totally different disease now that these drugs are out there. And I just took the drugs and that's, that's really all I thought. I, I just did not see myself as having a role in my own disease. 
And did they mention that it was an autoimmune disorder at that time? Or did they just basically categorize it like you have MS, this is what your diagnosis is, this is what your prognosis, this is what you need to do? Um, they did tell me it was an autoimmune disorder. I'm mm -hmm. sure I looked it up on the internet. I'm sure. Yeah. But I, I just, I was in such a different brain space then where, again, like, you, I would never question doctors, never. Right. And um, it was absolute blind trust. Which is so interesting that I met you at a conference where basically that entire conference on nutritional medicine was about doctors who questioned the entire medical system. And the number one thing that I kept hearing from all the speakers, and if you can remember, was that they would stand up and say, we were not taught this in med school. Like we had to discover this on our own. And so when they started questioning it, they were in that same place where you, you are now, where, I mean, obviously you're questioning it every day and you are doing research and you have an amazing yeah. blog um, called Blessed with the MS, which we will <laughs> share with everybody. Um, and so, you know, being at this conference is, you know, it was, that was the number one thing that I got out of that conference was how every, it's like almost like everybody's been blindsided by this fact that there are alternatives to the yes. incurable diagnosis and to the pharmaceutical drugs being the only thing that you can take to treat um, your illness. And it doesn't, you know, this doesn't just apply to MS, it applies to diabetes and heart disease and absolutely everything. Absolutely. So then... Let, okay, take us through the point, because this is what my PhD is focused on, actually. It's on physicians. What is that point in their, in their life? What is that moment where they actually do decide that they need to question, where they do decide, whoa, there might be another way, and where they start questioning the system and questioning um, their colleagues and their peers and their research and absolutely everything? So what was that moment for you? Oh, that is the best question. And I cannot wait to hear more about your PhD or read it if you're going to share it. Um, so this is a question that I think about all the time. For me, um, I was uh, basically at my lowest point. I was having, you know, again, 10 years of ups and downs when it was gone, the MS was gone. I was, you know, I ran marathons. But when it was there, it became increasingly worrisome. Mm -hmm. And I, every doctor I went to, just um, my neurologist, a different neurologist, a different neurologist, they all said, just keep taking the drugs. And, and I thought, this cannot be all. And, you know, I went to the MS Society, you know, their support groups. And again, they, you know, with all due respect for all the good they're trying to do, it was not giving me any sense of mm -hmm. options. And I literally went onto amazon.com and I found this book, literally it could have been any book. Um, and I found Overcoming MS, which is um, led by a doctor in Australia who has MS, whose mother died of complications from MS. And I just ordered the book and I read it and it's all evidence-based. It's all research. He's a medical doctor himself. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he just gives all the connection between, and he's actually not anti-drug uh, pharmaceuticals. He's saying whatever gives you that sort of um, a modicum of success to, to manage MS, go for it. But he talks about the importance of stress management, like um, meditation, um, diet, and disease. But a lot of it is the connection about diet and disease and the epigenetics of MS and things like that. So um, that, that book blew my mind. Wow. And Somehow that led me to the China study, which I read, which completely, I mean, 
unless I'm in my little sort of posse of people who know what I'm talking about. Otherwise, people just think I'm crazy. But yeah. I cannot recommend those books highly enough um, in terms of how they opened up my mind, in terms of my own power yeah. to make choices that contribute to my health every single day, every single meal. Yeah. And, um, and so then I found, you know, through all these various places, I found that conference and I met you. And it's just, um, you know, my MS will never be cured. I'm pretty, I've accepted that. But I love that people who don't know me and in the US, I choose not, of course, here I am on a blog, but uh, I choose not to uh, share, um, I, I choose not to speak uh, with like colleagues and just acquaintances about MS. But uh, those who do know me, I am sort of an evangelist when it comes to the power of uh, of what you eat and your health. Um, so, so, so there's a few things there that I want to touch on. So number one, and, uh, and I'm curious by your statement that I will never be cured of MS. And, you know, I never tell my clients, like, you know, when you work with me and, and we look at your diagnosis and then we change your diet and then, you know, and it's them that's changing their diet. It's hard work, uh -huh. as you know. Um, yeah. And that, you know, I never even bother mentioning the word cure. What we talk about is results. Like, what are the results do you want to get? Do you want to be pain-free? Do you want to have a clear mind? Do you want to be able to run a marathon? Do you want to do, you know, what is it that you want to be able to do with your life? And let's get you to be able to do that with or without the disease. So if the disease goes into remission and it's gone and there's no symptoms, amazing. If there's still symptoms and, you know, how can it be managed or even like, can we look at those symptoms and figure out another way um, to, yeah. to diminish them? But when we were at that conference, there were two speakers, um, two medical doctors who got up on stage who had been diagnosed with MS and they would say that they're cured right? Like they, yeah. um, or at least one of them. And we're going to put their, I'll put their websites um, at the bottom of this podcast as well. So everybody can access their right. stories as well. And then there's Dr. Terry Walls and, you know, who really had significant, um, you know, success with eliminating the majority of symptoms, like to the point that she's back to riding her bike and horseback riding. Incredible. Like, it is incredible. Yeah. So when you say though, that um, you don't think that you're ever going to be cured, what does that mean? Hmm. That is a great question. And I love that you're even questioning my statement because I have to be so careful not to fall into this mindset of like, oh, I'm broken or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, I just, um, I feel that it's sort of in my system and that my choices keep it at peace. Um, and I say that because like, you know, I get tested. I have a wonderful doctor here in DC who works at the Center for Integrative Medicine. Um, and he, um, he helped, you know, I get inflammation measured in my system to see what the inflammation levels are. And they're usually very low. And I think, okay, if what I'm doing keeps my inflammation low, then maybe this is as good as it gets. But mm -hmm. I love the question of, can it be better? Yeah. Um, what can I do? Yeah. So you're and making I me question that. And I also think too, what you're saying is that if you can keep your inflammation low, that's great because at the end of the day, everybody should keep their inflammation low. And so many people are walking around with like high inflammatory markers. Um, they don't know what it means. It gives them pain. It gives them all of these things. It, it slows down their life so that they can't participate and be active members of their community and society and, yeah. and do the things that they love to do. So, I mean, just having a goal like that, like to say, you know what, my goal is to keep my inflammatory markers low or my cholesterol low or yeah. my diabetes. Mark. I mean, all of those things, because you can have high levels and still never be diagnosed with any type of disease. And so that's mm -hmm. not okay. So just because it hasn't been diagnosed, is it okay to have, right. you know, relatively high levels? So I do love that that is a goal. So 
just because of the, um, the concept of time and it's going by so quickly. So we are going to have to do like a few more podcasts together for sure. Um, okay. Can you tell our viewers what you did um, after you read the China study, after you read, um, you know, th these different books on MS and that there were alternative ways, what were the actions that you took to be able to manage your um, symptoms? Well, um, I cold turkey changed to a um, whole food plant-based diet. Um, I, um, I have eaten fish, <clears throat> excuse me, from time to time because OMS talks about, um, it gives the science for why um, fish is a good uh, food for MS. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I'm conflicted because the China study says things differently, but regardless, I changed, I got rid of all processed food um, and I immediately just started cooking more. Um, I, this, this was a time in my life when I just feel like everything was kind of, um, blossoming in terms of things I learned and, and giving the sense of empowerment to me. Um, but I found this doctor at the GW center for integrative medicine who was open to, you know, like doctor's appointments where you actually sit down and talk to the doctor for more than five minutes. So that important. was totally different uh, from what I was used to. Um, and I just started being mindful of everything I put in my body or on my body, everything from the kind of moisturizer I use to the toothpaste I use to the deodorant to the food, everything. And I probably sound like a very boring person, but to me, this is so energizing. Yeah. And, um, and I, you know, that's why I, um, the whole mission of green mustache rec, um, resonates with me so much because what I understand from you is that you were trying to support people and aside from cooking in their homes, there was nothing. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm preparing to go to Tunisia and one of my, uh, this is nothing against Tunisia. It's the same way all around the world, but, you know, getting in an airplane airport or an airplane, mm -hmm. you're just. I mean, even the little crackers they hand out or, you know, the, the preservatives and things like that. So yeah. I go with, with my little bag full of treats so that I never go hungry. Yeah. But I think about this because I'll never, uh, let's, uh, you're causing me to, to question my statements of I'll never, but, um, you know, the smells of all the wonderful things in the airport are very tempting, but I know, like, I, I'm very motivated and I have been for the past, I guess it's been since 2011 that I changed my diet, but I, um, I'm just, while they smell great, I'm not tempted. So, mm -hmm. so what I did, um, when I read those books was just have this overwhelming sense of empowerment and it really comes down to my daily choices. Mm -hmm. And then every day, and I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I'm damn near perfect in terms of what I eat. Yeah. And that is the whole point about, you know, the processed food. And I mean, processed food has never been good for us. It's never, ever, um, you know, even though they market it as being healthy or gluten-free or vegan or organic, yeah, yeah. You know, processed food is just not meant for our human body. And I was just in Africa visiting my grandmother, who's 91, and how I'd mentioned, like, she's rarely right. ever seen a doctor in her entire life. And um, she's 91. It's so vibrant and full of energy and no disease. And, um, you know, but she eats basically, like, even when I gave her my book, the Eat Real to Heal book, and the t-shirt, that she said, what does that mean, Eat Real to Heal? And I explained it. She said, what's processed food? And why would people eat that? And so 
when we were in Africa, it was incredible because we had no choice but to eat the way that I teach my clients to eat who have disease and even just the way my family eats. And, and you're so right about being going to the airport. I mean, the minute you step foot into an airport um, or out of your home, you are just faced and inundated yeah. with like all of these um, processed foods every single day. But it does... The, the part that I love the most about what you said multiple times, actually, is you talked about that sense of empowerment and having agency. And when we take control of our lives, when we're the ones who actively start doing the research, making the decisions that are right for us, because I know um, you've mentioned on your blog that, you know, there's no one right answer for everybody. So it is that process of self-discovery. It is that process of, you know, what is going to work for me? I mean, if you're, you know, a busy mother with six kids and you have been diagnosed with MS and, you know, or one of the other clients we're going to have on a podcast, I mean, her son was born with Down syndrome and heart disease and he had to have multiple surgeries. And so here she is trying to maintain her health amongst having, you know, taking care. So everybody's going to, you know, use different tools. Um, but at the end of the day, it's what resonates and sits well with you. The last piece I want to touch on um, is, um, before we go, is I love this one line from your um, website, Blessed with the MS, and where you talk about MS being a guest in your house. So mm-hmm. can you explain that for our viewers and what that means? Because I think even that statement really shows your you know, that sense of agency that you have and empowerment as well to be able to use language like that. So if you can just share what that means, that would be great. It's so nice that you looked at my blog. Thank you. Um, Cause it really is just like my heart um, on online. Um, so that, I, I guess it's really about, this goes back to overcoming MS and George Jelenic who started it uh, in Australia. Um, and he just talks about don't fight your disease, just look for balance. And, and, uh, don't think of it as like, for example, if I were to have been diagnosed with cancer, if ever I'm diagnosed with cancer, my, my, uh, at least before, um, my, uh, MS life, I would have focused entirely on getting rid of the tumor. Right. And of course, that's what I'd want to do, but I wouldn't have thought about the root cause. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, thinking of it as a guest is this idea that, I want to say, okay, body, what is out of whack? Can I manage my stress better? Can I communicate something that's stressful to me better? Can I, um, you know, did I think seriously about what I was eating the other day? Because sometimes it's easy to just say, oh, those chips are organic, Um, you know, or something like that. I've done that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I just think, oh, they're organic. I'm sure they're mostly fine. But um, but I, I, I think of it as a guest of someone that I'd, want to treat uh, uh, warmly mm-hmm. and somebody I want to say, oh, you know, do you need a towel? Do you need soap? You know, or what do you need body becomes or MS? What do you tell me? Yeah. And, and I don't want to sound kooky, but really um, I just don't want to fight it. I don't want to extract it. I want to just say, okay, it's trying to tell me something and yeah. I'm going to listen. That is beautiful. And it actually just reminds me of a podcast that I'm listening to right now, actually. And it's um, by Rich Roll. And I'll put the link below because Ooh, I've heard about him. Yeah, he's incredible. You'll love all of his um, all of his podcasts and the guests that he brings on. But he has something called um, the Guru Corner. And he has this incredible man called Guru Singh. And this latest podcast, he talks about depression. And he and he states that in the podcast, it says, what is your depression telling you? 
what does it want you to do? What does it want you to know? And so I, I think it's exactly that same message that you found on your own. And that's exactly what Guru is saying here. I mean, he spends his entire life thinking about the ailments in our societies, like the, all the societal issues, environmental issues, disease issues, um, economic issues, and so on. I mean, and you yeah. arrived at the exact same conclusion that um, this guru, you know, has arrived at. So, mm. and and one thing as well that um, you also touched on is, you know, when you said, you know, I'm nowhere near being perfect, but I'm pretty close to it. And I really love that as well, because um, at the end of the day, we get to decide, do we want to be perfect? You know what? Do we want to have balance? Yeah. And balance is, you know, um, a balance between many multiple things, not just two things, multiple things in our life. Um, and we get to decide that. That also means a sense of having a sense of agency and empowerment is we decide, do I want to be perfect with this? Um, and if for other people, it's going to be a slow evolution. Like I know for myself that it started off with being, you know, okay, I, I know 20 years ago, organic food was important. So everything had to be organic, but I was still eating processed, like those processed organic chips. And and then yeah. now over the past 20 years, it's really evolved into this place where it's like, you know, processed food is not allowed. That is, um, you know, even worse than, you know, potentially non-organic food. And yeah. so, but now it's always organic and whole foods and plant-based and all of that. So it is an evolution for people as well. So if you feel, and if it's really weighing you down to try and be perfect, maybe then get a different definition of what you want for yourself. Yeah. Um, and you can apply those definitions to yourself, which is fantastic. Um, yeah. And so just because I want you to, to make sure that you do get that plane on time and you don't have to rush to, into the airport, um, what are some um, key things that you would like our guests to know? Um, what are some of the things that you'd like them to do? Or it could be something to read. Um, and then also if you can finish off with just letting people know how they can um, connect with the, you know, that heartfelt blog of yours, um, Blessed mm -hmm. with MS. And if you can just give them the URL for that, that would be great. Sure. Sure. Um, I guess, so I did create the blog there. There's like no advertising or anything. Um, so I, I can say it's www.blessedwithms.org and it has a stuff I love um, sort of like almost like a repository or a library um, okay. on the landing page. And that has all the books and all the sources, including um, a link to your, uh, to green mustache and to, um, and to your TEDx, uh, TED.com presentation, oh, yeah, which I thought was you. fantastic. And, um, and I guess for me, it would just, uh, the main message is that there's so much hope um, for MS and don't believe people if they tell you that it's an incurable disease. Thank yeah. you for reminding me that um, in fact, I can probably push this even further or I can go further along this path. Um, and just to, to know that you have a lot of power and that this is not, you're not just a victim to an incurable disease, so to speak. Amazing. That is amazing. Um, and one of the things too, is that, which you just reminded me of is that um, a lot of time with my clients as well, that I'll get people who have like very, you know, they're newly diagnosed um, illnesses. They're still new in the medical industry. So there's not a lot of research on that as well. And some, everything is about a matter of timing as well. There's a wonderful book called Brain on Fire. And for the woman who was cured of her illness and her disease, it was, which was inflammation in the brain, the cure had only been found three weeks earlier by a random doctor who was not even the doctor in the hospital where she was being treated and being held and almost submit, admitted to the psychiatric ward because they thought she was schizophrenic or had bipolar disorder. Right. And it turned out she had an infl inflammatory disorder in her brain. Um, right you know, that took her, you know, the better of two years of her life to recuperate and to learn how to walk and talk again and everything. And, um, but the beautiful thing is, is that, you know, it was three weeks earlier, 
that they had found the antidote for this disease. And so it's the one thing and message I like to leave our guests with is to never give up because there's probably a book you haven't read yet. There's probably a documentary that haven't you haven't seen yet. There's probably a medical doctor out there who's been, you know, devoting their entire life into trying to find a cure or, you know, a remission for these illnesses. Yes. And so it's to really, it's to never give up that hope because we don't know anything really. We know, they say we know about three of everything about the human body and all the diseases that exist out there only three percent so that is a lot of knowing that still needs to be um found and had so yeah please and get inspired by you know people like sarah and dr terry walls and the other individuals we're going to list in the blog below because we want you to um familiar familiarize yourself with their stories um and you know maybe try the things that sarah has done see if it works for you. If it doesn't, if it doesn't fit into your life, or if you don't want to make the changes, or if you just can't, then try somebody else's, um, you know, what they've done. There's no harm in doing that at the end of the day, especially when it comes to switching your diet. You know, a lot of people ask me, is it safe to eat plant-based? And, you know, and yes, it's safe. (laughs) And so you just need to try it um, and to see if you're going to get those results. So Sarah, I want to thank you so much for taking the time. I know it was a busy morning for you as you're getting ready to fly out, but we are definitely going to have you back on again, because I have so many questions that I want to ask you. And for anybody who's watching this blog and this podcast, um, please, if there's any questions you want me to pose to Sarah in the next interview, please write to us at info at richerhealth.ca. And we will definitely make sure that we ask Sarah those questions because I bet you you're burning with so many questions that you want to know. So thank you, Sarah. You are literally a blessing in this world. Um, And thank you for creating that blog of yours because um, when we share our stories with others, that's when we give people that ability to be able to learn something new and hopefully implement that in their life. So thanks for being... Yeah. Thanks for being with us. And thanks everyone for listening to this podcast. Um, Stay tuned for our next podcast. We'll be announcing that on our um, Instagram site and our Facebook site. And of course our website as well and our newsletter. So thanks for being with us. Um, Go out there, eat plant-based whole foods, get yourself healthy, get your community healthy. Peace, love, and light. Thank you so much for being here today. Hope you enjoyed this episode and please let us know if you have any questions or if you want to provide feedback on any of our shows, contact us by emailing us at info at richerhealth.ca. And you can also subscribe to our newsletter to receive information about our upcoming events to learn more about the healing retreats that we offer at our Nutrition and Detox Wellness Center and to get a copy of our latest book titled Eat Real to Heal, of course. Lastly, if you want one of us to do the cooking for you, just come visit us at the Green Mustache Organic Cafe in your neighborhood. Thank you.